It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And of course, live after every Carolina Panthers game, like today's 23-10 win against the Denver Broncos at home, making it three straight home victories for the Carolina Panthers under interim head coach Steve Wilkes. You can also be sure to check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the rest, just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss the podcast edition of the episode if you ever miss a live episode like today's episode on YouTube. And again, be sure to subscribe to the show over on our Locked on Panthers YouTube channel. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, except if it's a holiday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. We'll be right back with the weekly Friday mailbag again this upcoming Friday either at me or DM me at Julian Council to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. The Carolina Panthers 23, the Denver Broncos 10 as the Panthers get their third straight home win after going, what, over a calendar year without a win at home until they beat the New Orleans Saints a couple of weeks ago for the Panthers' first win and that had been, what, nine straight losses to start the season. It's been a long time. And by the way, today's episode of Locked On Panthers is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players and they score more or less than your Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive 100% into deposit match with $100 to promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. But it had been a while since we had seen the Carolina Panthers win home games. Now we've seen them do it against the Denver Broncos, against the Atlanta Falcons, against. Who was it before that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So it's good to see Steve Wilkes' football team going out there and playing well, now getting it to 4-8 and eight overall in the season. And the NFC South also came back to them on Sunday afternoon as Tampa lost, Atlanta lost, and I believe New Orleans, last time I checked, was down against the 49ers. Get back to that later on this live show. But let's kind of start off with the offense. I think that was kind of the story of the day. The defense obviously was excellent against Russell Wilson and what the Denver Broncos put out there as the worst scoring offense in the NFL. Nothing I saw from the Denver offense was surprising. Nothing I saw from the Panthers defense was surprising on this Sunday afternoon. But going to the game, we were wondering, what might it look like if Sam Darnold plays behind a good offensive line? That was one of the excuses that many people put out there last year when this offensive line started 13 different combinations, 17 games. And whether they were healthy or not, on paper, that was never going to be a good offensive line. But it certainly does not help when they're in and out of the lineup and those guys are struggling to stay healthy. So we asked that. We asked what Sam Darnold had looked like at Christian McCaffrey knock on down in week three on the road against the Houston Texans in that second quarter with that hamstring injury. What would it have looked like? Well, we got to at least see a glimpse of it today. What Sam Darnold looks like with a good offensive line and what he looks like with a running back that's healthy and can make plays for him. And certainly for me, 
I have been someone who has been critical of Sam Darnold. I never loved the move. Thought it was a bad decision from day one. If you listen to the show back when I was doing it, one of my first episodes was why it did not make sense for the Carolina Panthers to trade for Sam Darnold. And we saw last year why it did not make sense. Now, it's possible starting today and in the final five games of the season that we might finally see the player that's Scott Fitterer. And, of course, then head coach Matt Rule thought they were trading for when they sent that second, fourth, and sixth-round pick over to the New York Jets to bring over Sam Darnold. And then they gave him his fifth-year option, which he's playing on this season, just short of $19 million. Darnold was good on Sunday. He wasn't great. He was good. He was everything that you really needed him to be. 11 of 19, 164 yards, one touchdown and through the air to DJ Moore, another one on the ground where he was stripped by Josie Jewell but lands on the football and then rolls right into the end zone. So heads up play by Sam realizing that, hey, haven't been touched, got the ball. Let me just roll on in here two yards into the end zone. Not great that he put the ball on the ground, but overall took care of the football. The touchdown pass to DJ, ton of pressure coming at him. It was eerily reminiscent of what we saw in that first preseason game against Washington where he threw a touchdown pass there. Similar situation Perfect pass to DJ later on has an excellent throw down the field. 52 yards to DJ Moore, something we really have not seen all season long from the Carolina Panthers outside of, I guess, that miracle throw that PJ had in the loss of the Falcons a couple weeks ago. But Sam was good. He was everything that Steve Wilkes needed him to be. Be accurate when throwing the football, when called upon. They really worked excellent off of the play action today, especially that opening uh, play of the game where they ran play action, right? Roll out to the right side, hit Ian Thomas, 15-yard completion. Really got Sam comfortable early on. And on that touchdown drive, when he was 4 for 4, had 39 yards and a touchdown on that drive following the fake punt there on fourth and one. And we've talked about Steve Wilkes not being aggressive, how conservative he is. He showed his aggression. He showed his belief and faith in Sam Darnold and this offense's ability to have success on that drive through the air and through the ground. And we saw that from Sam today. And he's already shown his faith in Sam by naming him the starter in two weeks' time when they head up to Seattle to face the Seattle Seahawks. And I think it's a good idea to make the decision now. You got the bye week. Allow Sam to continue to prepare as a starter. Go into that week against Seattle knowing this is your guy and not sitting here and wondering, oh, hey, is it going to be Sam? Is it going to be PJ? Is it going to be Baker? No, it's just going to be Sam Darnold. And that's what he's going to do, at least for right now, heading into Seattle. Past that, I don't know. But if you get this kind of performance from Sam Darnold, this is the kind of performance the Panthers can win off of. And it's not just Sam. It's the offensive line being excellent and being able to protect him and allowing him to feel comfortable in the pocket. It's a def- It's a run game that was excellent today. Once again, we've seen it. For the last five games, Deontay Foreman has been tremendous running for over 100 yards in those games outside of the Bengals game. 24 carries. 100, well, I guess he didn't have it against the other uh, Ravens either. But either way, 24 carries, 113 yards from Deontay Foreman. Chuba Hubbard had 17 carries for 65 yards, 185 total yards rushing for the Panthers. You saw the jumbo sets with the last couple of weeks of Cam Irving on the right side. You saw Cade Mays, a rookie out of Tennessee, lined up as a lead blocker at fullback. That is the kind of stuff the Panthers have to be able to do to rely on that run game, that physicality that then takes the pressure off of your quarterback. We saw early on in the season when Matt Rule was talking about, hey, we want to be a pass-first team. That's not what Baker Mayfield is equipped to do. And we've seen through the course of Sam Darnold's career as well, he's not equipped to do that. But when you give him a run game, when you don't ask him to have to throw it all over the yard, you don't ask him to be the one to have to go out there and win these games, this is what you can get from Sam Darnold. Is it worth a number three overall pick? Absolutely not, because you do need that kind of game-changing quarterback. But right now, with that offensive line, with this run game, 
and that defense, this is the blueprint for the Carolina Panthers. I said the same thing with PJ. Anyone Baker's in there. The blueprint for the Carolina Panthers, their quarterback not making mistakes, hitting the pass that needed to make, and then also running the football, playing great defense. That is what the Carolina Panthers have to do right now if they want to continue to win games and be able to stay within the division race, which, again, came back to them on this Sunday. Uh, it's also the Carolina Panthers against Denver. The Broncos came in with the number three scoring defense, number three total defense. They were number one red zone defense. Panthers uh, scored 23 points, which is the second most allowed by the Broncos this season. The Panthers are also two for four in the red zone. Not great, but fine. Hey, 50% against the number one red zone defense. You'll take that absolutely. And it was more than enough for the Carolina Panthers to win this game on Sunday than DJ Moore. We've been wondering where's DJ been? Well, it's not really DJ's fault that Baker hasn't been good. And you know, PJ they had a connection there for a time, and now Sam comes in. DJ has four receptions, 103 yards, that touchdown in the first half. You love to see that. Love to see DJ involved, and you hope, like we hope with Baker and we hoped with PJ, that can continue with Sam Darnold now as the Carolina Panthers quarterback moving into the Seattle game after the bye week in two weeks' time. The only negative from the offense is something that we've seen all year long. Two for 12 on third down. It's not going to get any better. It's not going to change. Just got to live with it. But when you can run the football well, and when Sam Darrell is making good decisions, you can win with that kind of efficiency, although it's not really efficient at all. And you would certainly love for them to do a better job moving forward in that department. So the Panthers offense, and Sam Darnold in particular, like that guy has handled everything here the right way in Carolina. As I've said, y'all, I have been one of his biggest detractors. Didn't love the move. I still, you know, don't think he's the long-term answer. He certainly has the next five games to show that he can be here maybe as a backup in Carolina or that he can maybe get an opportunity elsewhere in the NFL. I just, I don't think it's going to happen for him over the long term, but still, just good to see him, to be able to handle that. I know he didn't want to answer the questions about Zach Wilson being benched in New York with the Jets, and I was the guy who replaced him, of course, and he didn't really want to make it about himself as far as his success He's a humble guy, he's a team guy, and he certainly has shown that supporting P.J., supporting Baker, and coming out here and doing what it took to win games. And Baker's done the same thing, P.J.'s done the same thing, so you really got to tip your hat to all three of those guys for at least being good teammates. Not, they might not be great players. Sam looked like a good player on Sunday, good enough for the Panthers to win, but they certainly have been team-first guys, and I respect that about Sam, I respect that about Baker, I respect that about P.J., and certainly never want to make any of this personal because it's always breaking down the football side of things. They have not been great. But Sam Darnold, kudos to him. I was certainly rooting for him, hoping that he could go out there and have a good game on Sunday. And I'll be rooting for him the next five games if he is indeed the starter. If it's PJ, it's Baker, I'll be rooting for those guys the same. But it certainly, I think, might mean a little bit more just, you know, watching Sam struggle last year and get this situation, this opportunity again this, today and to play the way that he played for Carolina, helping them win uh, against Denver 23-10 on Sunday afternoon. Now three straight home wins for the Carolina Panthers as they try to stay in the division race. But it was not just the offense on Sunday. It was also the defense, which was excellent. We'll break down the Carolina Panthers' defensive performance here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But first, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcast and 
Panther fans, this one right here is absolutely for you. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro and a Carolina Panther, Ryan Khalil, and of course, from Audible. Khalil takes a conversation about football to the next level. He gives football fans like you and me an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star co- players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get a real about what happens on the field, behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, during team meetings, and back at the hotel. It's available free on Audible or wherever you get your podcast. Catch the full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere right now. Audible, get in the game. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Carolina Panthers 23, the Denver Broncos 10. If you're watching this live right now on YouTube, please go ahead and do that. Subscribe to the YouTube show if you ever miss a show. If you're not listening to it live right now, you're, of course, listening on the podcast, maybe watching it later. You can check us out wherever the podcast is. And, of course, subscribe on Lockdown Panthers YouTube. I was a little bit later tonight uh, than I plan on because if I keep looking over this way because I'm watching this Carolina-Alabama game, for whatever reason, a November college basketball game has gone to four overtimes. And I said after three, I'm done with this. I've wasted enough of my time on November basketball. Let's get it into the Carolina Panthers, break it all down, and kind of move on with my night. As the Panthers played well. I certainly went into this game not with high expectations from either offense. I thought Carolina's, of course, as I just said there, was excellent considering like that's what they want to be. They're never going to be a great passing offense with any of these quarterbacks on the roster, but they can be a good running team, especially when Ben McAdoo was able to, hey, we got to give him credit, when he's able to dial up some of these things where he brings in Cam Irving and he brings in Cade Mays and they try to be creative, and especially when they've helped their quarterback by using the run to throw off of and they did that with the play action we saw it immediately off the bat with that 15 yard pass or I guess really catch and run from Ian Thomas to start off the game get Sam Darnold comfortable and then when they asked Sam to go out there and do other things Sam was then able to make the plays necessary for the Carolina Panthers to win but really he was able to do that and have the confidence and comfortability to do it because well the Panthers defense is excellent as good in the world uh the Carolina Panthers offense defense is excellent Tar Heels just threw the ball away one of the worst inbounds you'll ever see. Um, the Panthers' defense was excellent once again, dominating the Broncos. Held them to 246 yards. Broncos' first half score um, only occurred because of a muff punt by Raheem Blackshear. I thought that was interesting that Blackshear was back there receiving punts at first. Then after the muff, it was Shy Smith. And then Blackshear came back and, and received it. I know we have complained about Shy Smith in the past. Like, what does he provide there? He looks like he's going to turn the football over. And boy, we saw it right there from Raheem Blackshear. That's the only reason the Broncos even scored in that first half. That's really the only score they should have had all day long was even in the second half when they ended up scoring that touchdown. They had scored three different touchdowns that got called back or that they had penalties that also kept the drive alive. I thought that the roughing the passer on uh, Marquise, not Kurt, it was uh, Etor Gross Matos was so bogus there. Should have been a no call. No reason that they should have even scored. And I know they get the ball back later on after they, they score that touchdown and get the onside kick. It was really just a complete joke by the 
Denver Broncos offense all day long. We know that Nathaniel Hackett has not worked out as a first-year head coach for the Broncos. He's likely going to be a one-and-done. Russell Wilson, I don't know what's happened to him, but it's the same Russ that we've seen all day or all year long that we saw on Sunday. And it's not the Russ that we used to really hate watching when he was in Seattle. 19 of 35, 142 yards, one touchdown, was sacked three times, Twice by Brian Burns, one of them a strip sack where I don't even the, the officials sometimes I don't know what they're looking at. Clearly, Russell gets stripped before the like he's even gets has no control of the ball going forward. Brian Burns was a monster. He got cut by one like I think it was like a tight end and he kind of hurt his knees. Had that brace on his left knee. Came back was just fine, but he's been awesome. That's four straight games for Brian Burns having a sack. Two again on Sunday. Frankie Louvu, who Brian Burns apparently according to the uh, broadcast describes as a Tasmanian Devil. Eight tackles, seven of them solo. Panthers defense continues to be great. I know what we saw against Cincinnati was shocking, and certainly it was for me. I didn't really expect to see that kind of performance with Steve Wilkes as the head coach. But outside of that, they've been solid. When been when they've been called upon, especially last week against Baltimore, they did their job. Panthers offense was just so bad against under Baker. And then even before that, against Atlanta, the way they allowed the Falcons to run on them, coming off of the short week in that loss against Cincinnati, how they were able to play defense in that game, they're continuing to carry the day. And and certainly, I'm happy that you win time of possession today, which has been an issue and why they have really broken down late in game. So you win time of possession, you're able to get turnovers, you're able to get sacks, get pressure on the quarterback, which has actually gotten better the last couple weeks against Denver, especially today, but even the weeks prior. That Panthers defense has played well, and they're doing exactly what Steve Wilkes and Al Holcomb want them to do. And you're doing it with injuries. Of course, Dante's out for the rest of the season. Jeremy Chin comes back in. He kind of lined up more in a linebacker slot there today. I had Sam Franklin, who immediately right off the bat made that first play against Denver. He stepped in as a safety starting opposite of Xavier Woods. So to see that kind of dominant performance once again is encouraging, especially when you play complimentary football with special teams where you did have that one error. But outside of that, Johnny Hecker continuing to do his job. Of course, Eddie Pinheiro making that field goal from 40-plus yards. And then offensively, having an offense that can run the football, that can cater this defense, and can allow them to get a breath. Because that is really what's been the issue. When they were not able to even get any sort of breath, get any time to relax, now you're seeing it. you got a great running game. You have a quarterback, at least on for one game, who made the right decisions, was also able to make plays through the passing game, that being Sam Darnold, and you have a defense that consistently, aside from maybe one or two games, because that's just the NFL, they get paid to, those guys also have talent, they scheme up things, they're going to figure out the weaknesses and try and exploit them, but outside of that, man, that Panthers defense has been really good, and Steve Wilkes has talked about how he really wants that mentality, that attitude to be like it was back when he was here before with Ron Rivera, when they won back-to-back-to-back NFC South titles. Of course, we know going to that Super Bowl where they lost to these Broncos back in uh, the 2015 season. That's what he's trying to do, and I loved it, the blueprint that we saw again today, and that's going to be the blueprint the next five games, and there's not a margin for error for the Carolina Panthers at this point in time, sitting at 4-8, and eight, if they still have any shot at being a division title-winning playoff team this year. It's still a long shot that happens. Obviously, far more likely they, drop, they draft in the top five, and I know that's what a lot of people want. I know watching college football this past weekend, you probably weren't loving what you saw um, on noon, at noon on Fox on Saturday from C.J. Stroud throwing those two picks in that loss to Michigan where they got blown out, and his Heisman odds are now out the door. But certainly the Carolina Panthers' best pass forward is going to be trying to get a quarterback, hopefully, in this upcoming draft. But that could be uh, 
put aside depending on what happens here the rest of the way. And I've seen this conversation kind of get drummed up again, and I still feel like it's a little early just based off of I don't think the wins are there quite yet. There's still conversation. I, I saw Brian Burns was asked about it, you know, whether uh, Steve Wilkes should have the interim tag taken off. Right now it's a 4-8 and eight football team. Um, would be uh, a first, I would think, that an interim head coach would uh, take over 4-8 foot, would have basically coach seven games. He's 3-4, and four, coach seven games. The team be 4-8, and eight, and then the man, the owner be like, yeah, that's my guy. We'll see how it works out. So we can talk to the, talk about that conversation and also the Carolina Panthers having the NFC South come back to them on Sunday, going to the bye week. Who knows where they are in two weeks' time when they go up to Seattle and if they could be right there in position to take the NFC South lead or at least be closer with Tampa and Atlanta, of course, New Orleans. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do, let's talk about our friends over at Price Picks. Price Picks is Locked On's official daily fantasy sponsor, and we absolutely love them, everything that they do for us, sponsoring the network, sponsoring all the shows, and being there for you guys to also check out and stay active in fantasy sports. So how does Prize Picks work? You pick two to five players, they score more or less in their price projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA Tour, College football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, of course, the World Cup going on in Qatar, cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and up north in Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. Deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 when you download price picks app or go to pricepicks.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, uh, let's get back into it. Again, Panthers 23, the Broncos 10, ugh, trying to battling sore throat. Also, I mean, this sometimes when I do these things live, I always try to have the ads up, and I'm trying to download that one ad. It's like taking forever, so apologies there, but I'm sure you guys are uh, totally fine with it. Um, no, Brian Burns came for me? No, I don't know about that. Um, okay, let's get into it, though, as I stall here. Um Looking at Steve Wilkes, as there have been conversations from some people that he should have the interim tag taken off. All right, so currently, Carolina Panthers, at least under Steve Wilkes, are 3-0 at home. That's where all three of their wins have come, which, hey, you got to win games at home first and foremost. They have now won three straight games at home after having gone almost a calendar year, I think, before they won against New Orleans back in week three when Matt Rule saw the head coach. So now winning three straight games at home, glad to see that. Wilkes is 3-4 and four as an interim head coach. He's done, I think – as good of a job as you could have asked for this guy to do, considering the situation. He started three different quarterbacks with P.J., Baker last week, now Sam today, and, of course, Sam again. 
in two weeks' time against Seattle, barring any crazy injury. But I imagine Sam will hopefully will be the starter there come that time. So he's had to start three different quarterbacks. He has had staff turnover. He let go of Foley. He let go of Phil Snow. Both of those guys, imagine, are heading over to Nebraska. Evan Cooper, he let go recently. He's also already going to Nebraska as Matt Rule has taken the job. I saw Joe Person from The Athletic uh, name two more uh, Panther assistants who are apparently headed off to Lincoln with Matt Rule as I'm pulling up that tweet right now. Uh, apparently, assistant defensive line coach Terrence Knight and assistant strength coach Corey Campbell, both of them are also heading over to Nebraska. Paul Pascaloni was also let go. So you've had a lot of staff changes here recently and you've had three different quarterbacks and you've not had a perfect situation as we all know steve Olson didn't get this job in the middle of the season because things were great but yet he's found a way to win three home games and be three and four at this point in time through seven games as the panthers interim head coach and at four and eight heading in december possibly could have them still in the hunt just because the nfc south is a terrible division here in 2022 but steve wilkes as we all know has been here in charlotte when the Panthers have capitalized on a week NFC South when they went 7-8-1 and one in that season back in 2014. I would rather it not be like that, but hey, if that's what it takes to get the playoffs, certainly I'm here for it. I know there's bigger picture aspects that you would probably be way more focused on, like securing a quarterback, but as I've said in the past, if the Panthers are one of the worst teams in the NFL and are up there able to take a quarterback in the top five or top three or really be first, second overall, they got more issues than just a quarterback will be seen this team's been playing hard and Brian Burns was asked about it is this team playing harder for Steve Wilkes when then they were with Matt Rule and we know Matt Rule was doing his PR tour as it was no coincidence that Matt Rule took a college job this weekend considering the college regular season ended and also he emerged after six weeks you do not emerge out of the blue after six weeks unless you are doing a PR tour to then let these fan bases be like all right I want you back but one of the things Matt Rule said is he was proud that he never lost a locker room, which, okay, great, man, congratulations. You'd never lost a locker room, whatever. Your team was terrible, and when you allowed 17 points in a game, you lost. Like, it's just a complete joke. But if you want to hang your hat on that, certainly, I guess that's the only thing you can hang your hat on as an NFL head coach there, Matt Rule. Best of luck in Nebraska. But Steve Wilkes certainly has these guys more organized. I mean, he has them playing better offensively. It's still not a great offense, but it's an offense that has found an identity. And we talked about that. I remember when we spoke to Jonathan Stewart earlier in the year, and he said, like, what's this team's identity? Like, we know defensively, like, they're fast physical, and they certainly have been that. They've struggled against the run at times, but they've answered the bell the last couple of weeks. And outside of that long one run from Latavius Murray, ain't like Denver really did all of that much on the ground. And they, of course, didn't do anything through the air. But the last couple of weeks when they faced the Ravens and when they faced Atlanta, they have – been ready to stop the run. But offensively, they didn't have an identity. Rule talked about it being a downhill rushing attack. Well, they abandoned that. They wanted Baker to be the focal point. That didn't work out. And then once Steve Wilkes came in, he's like, quarterback, don't F this up. Deontay Foreman, go run the rock. Offense, let's bring Cam Irving. Let's bring in Cade Mays. Let's run this rock all day long and take the pressure off the quarterback and control time of possession so my defense isn't gassed come the fourth quarter. They found an identity, and that's the one thing. When you really look at Matt Rule, we can complain. We can talk about the quarterback situation, obviously, but the one thing they failed to really find, which you've got to find as a football team, whether you have the personnel or not, is you've got to find an identity. And he was never able to take the team that he had and establish an identity. He talked about the way the Panther, the brand, the process, all that other nonsense. It never came to fruition. But through seven weeks, Steve Wilkes has done that. So if anything, aside from the record, that should be – 
what you point to if you're going to make an argument for Steve Wilkes to be the Carolina Panthers' full-time head coach and for David Tapper to take the interim tag off of him. Now, to do it after 12 weeks sitting at 4-8 and eight, ain't the time to do it in my opinion. It really isn't. And I totally understand that Steve Wilkes did not choose his quarterback, that he did not bring in these players, that all this kind of stuff, like this is not the team that he brought here. I understand all that. That is not on Steve Wilkes. Totally get it. He can only coach what's right. That's with them. He can only coach the team that's on the field with the hand that he was dealt. Totally understand that. So with that being said, though, it's just you got to win more games. You got to win more games. You got to be right there in the conversation come late December and early January if you really want to talk about it. Because I don't know if David Tepper, the same man who said that Steve looks have to do an excellent job to even be considered for the job. I don't know. If it's going to be enough, because if you can get to seven and ten, maybe you're right there in it. But it's probably not going to be enough to get to the playoffs. That would then mean that Wilkes would have gone, what six and six, so five hundred. If you can get to five hundred with this roster, it's worth a conversation, man. It is, but I, and I know, but I, I know that David Tepper, at least he talks with, he wants to win, and there hasn't been too many reports. It sounds like Tepper would like one of those offensive guys, and that has certainly been the trend. We'll see how it goes. I would, I would be down for Wilkes. But again, I'm hard-pressed to believe that Tepper right now is thinking, yeah, that's my guy. He's going to go through the process. I'm sure Wilkes will get an interview. If not, if anything, I mean, of course, to fulfill the Rooney rule, which, hell, that's the only reason black coaches even get interviews nowadays, it feels like. But uh, Wilkes will get the Rooney rule interview. But he has experience in Arizona. Of course, he has experience right now. And the players, of course, love him. So find a quarterback. You got a GM and Scott Fitterer, and let's see what Wilkes can do. I would. I, I'm. I'm not against it. I'm down for that. All I'm saying is, I don't know if the guy who makes the decision is going to make the right decision because we've already seen him multiple times. Matt Rule make the wrong decision. Miguel Ángel Ramirez with the Charlotte FC make the wrong decision. We've seen multiple execs at Tepper Sports Entertainment leave. So I've been. I've, all I've seen is David Tepper make bad decision after bad decision to really sit here and be like, yeah, he's going to take the interim tag off of Steve Wilkes. After four weeks and Wilkes being three and four as the interim coach, I, I don't uh, twelve weeks. I don't see it. I, I don't see it happening right now. And they just have not won enough. He's got to win enough games. If you get to five hundred, certainly. If he can get to the playoffs, then I just don't see how you cannot hire this man. Like if he get, if he gets to the playoffs with this team, I don't see how David Tepper cannot hire him as a full time head coach. Like it would be absurd to me. Now for the Panthers, the reason why we can even kind of have that conversation because it goes week to week. Because you know they lose. It's like, all right, forget it. Let's think about what's going to go in the draft. They win. It's like, oh, well, damn. Looks like Tampa lost it overtime on the road against the Cleveland Browns who played their final game without Deshaun Watson as their starting quarterback. Uh, quarterback, excuse me. Then um, we also saw that Atlanta lost to the Commandos. Congratulations, Taylor Heineke. Kind of Ron. Wow, they keep winning football games up there. And in New Orleans, as of this recording, is down 13 nothing. And has the ball at the 49ers, 12-758 left. They're going to lose that game. They got Andy Dalton starting. I think Andy Dalton's still in the game. Let's see. Andy Dalton is still in the game. So, they're going to lose. So, New Orleans going to be 4-8. Tie, tie with Carolina. Carolina has a tiebreaker against them. Carolina split, of course, with Atlanta. They'll only be a game behind them and one and a half games behind Tampa going to that bye week. And Tampa, as I pointed out a couple weeks ago, that is a team you really need to come back for you. Because that's not a team I see with Tom Brady really collapsing – but if you win enough games down the stretch, like, look at it. You got to get to eight, I feel like, to really have a chance. Nine, obviously, is what you want, but you got to get to eight, which means you got to find a way to win on the road. And that's what Steve Wilkes said. 
when people were asking about the division and asking him about, you know, his job security and all that kind of stuff, he says his focus right now is doing something that they have not done all season, which is one, winning on the road and winning back-to-back games. In two weeks' time, in Seattle, a place that has been a house of horrors for us outside of that great win that they had to start off 5-0 back in 2015, that is a game. If you win that, you got your first road win against one of the toughest crowds in the NFL. And you would also have won back-to-back games. And I'm guessing probably would be maybe a game back in the division. And having games at New Orleans, at Tampa, two teams you've already beaten to end the rest of the season. And you still have Detroit. You still have Pittsburgh. Not like they got a tough schedule the rest of the way. So what we saw today, that's got to be the blueprint to win football games. Darnold, don't make mistakes. Run that play action and run the damn ball ball and then that defense go out there and do what they've consistently done for the better part of this season and even last season here in Carolina that's that's the path so as far as Steve Wilkes what his case is take the job full-time let's see how it plays out because I just think right now November 27th at three and four it's a little early I do think he deserves to be a head coach somewhere I would love for it to be here but again I don't call the shots and I don't trust the guy who's going to call the shots which is why I was kind of like yeah I'm glad rule's gone but also means David Tepper has to hire another head coach, and we've already seen how that's gone, not just with the Panthers, but also with Charlotte FC. But I'm going to hope, I'm going to hope that Wilkes keeps getting it done, this team keeps playing hard for him, because that, like Shaq Thompson said, they're going to play their ass off for him, and Steve Wilkes challenged these guys to go out there and to make those plays this week, and they certainly did it. And that's a sign of leadership. We're seeing it from Steve Wilkes. So I hope that's the case down the road. But they got to buy a week, get healthy, recover, continue to find ways to improve this offense and get this defense ready to go. And we'll see how it ends up here in, I guess, six weeks' time here in this 2022 season. Would love for some sort of suspense entertainment here in the last month of the season, opposed to talking about a team that's just waiting to flip the page to the 2023 NFL Draft. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Y'all, again, watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, where, of course, I go live after every Panthers game. Of course, I'm on Monday through Friday, your team every day. If you ever miss any of the shows over on YouTube, it's okay. You can always check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show there. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, Unless it's a holiday like last week, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. We'll be back with the weekly Friday mailbag this upcoming Friday, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow as Steve Wilkes breaks down the Panthers win. And we continue to look ahead to the bye week and what this team possibly could do in the final five games of the season. All that and more the rest of the week here on Locked on Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.